following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Everybody loves honey glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stalking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and this is Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every Wednesday in my New York City apartment, where we are brought to you by LifeLock. Equifax recently announced a breach of 143 million identities, and you need to take steps to get protection. Be among the millions who trust their identity theft protection to LifeLock. Go to lifelock.com, use promo code Forbes for 10% off. And you know how sometimes we say, this person doesn't need an introduction? Well, joining me today is Jillian Michaels, who doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to do one anyway, because I think there may be some things about her that we may not all know. Yes, she is the leading fitness expert and the nutritionist who many of us first met on the TV show, The Biggest Loser. But she's so much more than that. She's also an investor, has eight New York Times bestseller books. She has an athletic apparel line, a healthy food line called Slim Soul. So Jillian's like, she's an entrepreneur who touches every facet of nutrition, fitness, and self-help. So Jillian, I am so excited that you're joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks, bud. Thanks for having me. So... I want to tell you when normally we do this in my kitchen, but today we're in two separate kitchens. I'm in my kitchen in New York City where all the fire engines and everything, as we've heard before, go, go, you know, going by. They're just like constantly going down the street. And Jillian's in Malibu. And we may hear different noises from her because she's got a, a parakeet, a bird. Uh, I have a, yeah, a little Senegal parrot. And I have a couple of dogs here. And just a couple of dogs. So we're going to hear a few different noises. And we may hear the beach. We may hear the ocean. And I'm going to be really jealous if we do. I also have a, a couple of millennials here. And they're the craziest animals of all. So you might right. hear them in the background. <laughs> well, welcome to your crazy millennials that are there. Yeah. I got a brother and an assistant. And then the kids and the other creatures are at the farm. So your kids are at the farm or they're there? Um, they, uh, they're at the farmhouse. Because farm? otherwise, oh boy. Because yeah. I, I want to talk about, we're going to get into talking about your kids and about your life as a mother. I was going to say, if they're there, that'll make it even more exciting. I'll start with my mentoring moment. And that's really, it's, it's really something that I'm also done with in life. So it's a twofer. Right. I'm done with people who don't keep their end of the deal. And then I'm done with me letting them get away with it because, you know, like I want to be nice. I want to be sympathetic. And but they aren't being nice to me if they're not holding up their end of the deal. So I don't know why I think I need to be nice to them. Right. So or, you know, be, to be like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Tolerant. I understand. Yeah, of course. Um, and I keep getting stuck there. So then I learned a great tip that I started using that has been 
so valuable to me. And I shared it with a friend and she's been using it and it's been valuable to her. So I thought I would share with everyone. I'll give you an example. This is my friend's example. Okay. So she has an aging mother and her mother needs to be in assisted living and her mother can't afford it, but she and her sister can afford to pay for her mother. So she and her sister agree to split the cost. Then the sister, and so for like the first month or so, the sister does that. And then the sister emails, emails her and says, you know, I'm running short on this month or this week, and I'll send you my half in two weeks. And two weeks go by, and my friend never sees the money. And the sister emails her and says, you know, I'm getting the money together, but I had to go to this event, and I had to get a new dress. And uh. my friend would normally say, you know, I understand, but. And I said, okay, let's, let's just stop there. Let's forget about the I understand. You need to come up with a simple messaging. So when here's how it's going to play out. Your sister's going to say, I need, you know, I need this new dress. I wish I could send you the money. And you're just going to say, we have an agreement. And then yeah. say, I know we have an agreement, but, 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 but. And you're just going to keep saying, we have an agreement. <laughs> and to every, every reason she gives you, you just need to keep saying, we have an agreement. How'd that work? It worked great. Her really? sister was like almost off, you know, like almost jumping off the, the, the porch, so to speak, because she, she was so not familiar to her because she was so used to getting away with, Yeah, I can't. And people saying, oh, we understand, you know, you've got two kids and we understand and, you know, they're in school, they're in private school. And I get all that. But she made the agreement with her sister to pay for half of her mother. Yeah, and of course. So she shouldn't have made the agreement or she should at least call her sister and say, it, it needs to be some good, good reason. You know, somebody got sick, whatever, but not I needed to buy a dress for an event. And then ex- expect her sister to get along with it. So that's my mentoring moment to everyone. I think we all get stuck in that. We have that friend. I had a friend once that I lent $2,000 to who never paid me back. And it's, you know, I mean, that could be a lot of money depending on where you are in your life and what point you are in your life. Yeah, but it's not about the amount. It's about the, she just didn't pay it back. And I would see her getting her nails done. And it would be like, she could afford to get her nails done, but she can't afford to pay me back. Of course. And, and I never really, I, I kept making excuses for her. So I share that as my mentoring moment, because I think we all get in those places where we have friends, whether it's you go out to dinner and they're always like, oh, I forgot my wallet, whatever. It's like, Ugh. So that, that's my thing, though, about staying on message. It's kind of like we have an agreement. And whatever that situation is, just stay, to, stay on message. And it really throws the other person off. Because they're, you're, a friend of mine once said, the craziest person in a relationship dictates the relationship. Yeah. yeah and you're, you're throwing the wrong. dynamics off when you start acting differently. Right. Of course. You're not wrong. And so have you ever had that happen to you where, you, where you've been put in that situation where you keep giving in? Um, you know, I gotta be honest when that happens, um, it is usually, uh, I want to say reminiscent, but in truth, I should probably say nearly identical to a historical pattern from childhood. Um, and so I tend to fall into dynamics like that, that either are similar to a pattern I had with my mom or similar to a pattern I had with my dad. And Uh, We call those repetition compulsions, right? We're compelled to repeat the pattern because we believe that if we can get it right with this person, um, ultimately we'll be, we'll be able to kind of heal those old wounds. And it, it represents like a, 
a love or a validation that we didn't get from them. So I know this is kind of sounds esoteric, but like I get into that dynamic with people that remind me of my dad and it's like, okay, you can, you can act inconsiderate and narcissistic and, um, you know, and I'll, I'll pick up the slack because I don't want to set you off and you're like a time bomb and a wrecking ball. And I've had to learn over the years how to, because uh, then you're enabling the person to do it as well, right? Which makes it worse. So I've had to learn how to kind of contain that. Um, and it's sort of like what you said, like we have an agreement, like hold your boundaries um, and say, hey, you don't get to speak to me like that. You don't get to behave that way. You, you know, that's unacceptable. And you can either uh, engage in a civilized manner or maintain your side of the bargain or, you know, all bets are off kind of a thing. But that's when I find I fall into those patterns is when it's reminiscent of something dysfunctional I used to engage in with my parents. That's really interesting. And, I, and when I think about what you're saying, I can relate to that myself, as a matter of fact. And whether it's with your parents or somebody else you were close to. And it kind of goes back to you know another thing my friend used to always say. If you put your, if everybody put their problems wrote them on paper and you threw them all in the middle of the table, we'd all pick our own problems because we think we can solve them. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. like an offshoot of that, right? It's kind of, we keep yep. things thinking we can fix things that we can't fix. Exactly. And, and, and the attempt to do that is inevitably to avoid grieving for the thing that we can't fix. Oh, that that's really true. That is really true. So like not, you're not, not jumping into the hard space. Yeah, exactly right. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I refuse to accept, like, I, I was just talking to a kid the other day and I call him a kid cause he's probably 29. So, um, and the sweetest guy in the world and he was tortured over this girl that he was dating and yeah, sorry, that's my parrot in the background squeaking. And, um, <laughs> you know, he, he kept saying like, I don't, you know, I, I I've done things I've never done before. I've tried so hard. I don't know how much more I can try. And and I was like, sweetheart, this is not about the girl. And it ended up going back to being about the father that he could never please. And, you know, he felt like if I could just, if I could make her happy, you know, then I'll finally be good enough. And then he doesn't have to grieve the fact that he felt he never had his father's approval and his father was never proud of him. He doesn't have to feel angry. He doesn't have to feel sad because he will have healed himself within that other relationship, which of course never happens because he's attracted somebody dysfunctional and her happiness is about her, not him. So the real healing lies in, you know, grieving the fact that his father was limited, shut down, you know, couldn't validate him for whatever reason. And people don't want to do that. They don't want to feel angry. They don't want to feel sad. They don't want to feel all those feelings. So they try to solve or fix what's broken in another relationship. Right. And it's so hard to, to go into that space, but it really is the only way to get through it. It really is. And I think it even applies to when someone loses someone. And when we say something, because many times we're at a loss for words, right? So we'll say things like, you know, time will heal it. Well, no time, time will make it a little easier. Maybe that, you know, over time you may not cry every time you hear their voice, but time doesn't really heal it. You've got to heal it. You've got to go into that really that through the grieving process of going through all of that. Absolutely. To be able to move on. Yeah. And I think that applies in life. So I want to get into what your mentoring moment is, that aha moment. And I can't wait to hear because I'm sure you've had millions of them. There have been so many. Um, <laughs> there really have. Um, and there's so many on a daily basis. I, I would probably say uh, an epiphany that has helped me as of late um, has probably come from my kids. 
And kids really don't allow you to get too wrapped up in the small stuff, you know? Um, and I, I found in life you can get really kind of bogged down in other people's drama and, you know, things that go wrong and all kinds of shenanigans. And the minutia can just literally swallow you whole sometimes with stress. Um, and I find that my kids don't, you just, you can't, you can't do it. Like they, they demand your attention. They demand that you be present. Um, and I, I sort of got to this moment where I was like, all right, you know, my daughter looked at me one day and they, we were kind of making fun of each other in the car, all of us, you know, the whole family. And, and how old it, are your kids now? They're my daughter's seven and my son is five. And you know, we were like, they were kind of doing imitations of each other and then of me and of Heidi and I was doing imitations of them. And you know, my kids did me and it was like super stressed out, you know, and it was like, guys, we got to this guys, we got to that guys, guys, brush your teeth, guys, brush your teeth, guys, put your clean up your room, guys. And I, and I was like, Oh my God, you know? And I, and Lou was like, mom, sometimes you just got to chill. And I, I think that that moment was like, you know, you're so busy sweating the small stuff that you're, you know, and dealing with all the things that you think you should, that you're forgetting to really stop and smell the roses and enjoy the things that you want. And that was kind of a big moment for me. And how, do, why do you think it is at your, cause I, I do the same thing. I get, I'm such a perfectionist and I'm trying, I say, I'm, I say I'm a recovering perfectionist, but yeah. I'm not sure that's so true. Um, but I'm trying, <laughs> I think I'm lying to myself just a tad. <laughs> God, I get it. I get it. But um, so how do, how do you yeah. stop doing it though? I and mean, that's the hard part, right? Is you know, my life has just completely made it impossible for me to do it. Um, I, I find that kids break you, uh, in the best possible way, right? Hemingway said, you know, we're, we're strongest in the places that we've been broken. Um, it's like, you know, the bone that heals and mends. But with, with that said, you know, my kids, like, I, you can't be perfect. Maria Shriver once said, you know, you can have it all, but not at the same time. And, you know, my thing now is you can have it all, but you have to, you have to be okay with doing it all just a little bit shittier. And <laughs> forgive me, but it's like, you know, you're not, you're not going to go and take that, that, you know, 75 minute yoga class you used to take, um, and love and just chill. You're, you're not going to be able to, you know, get the perfect amount of sleep and turn in the perfect report. And uh, you just not, you know, you, you can't, do it all perfectly and balance it all and juggle it all. Balls will drop. Um, things will go wrong. You can't control everything. And kids really just show you like they, they are out. I mean, to a certain extent, they're out of your control. You know, their personalities, the things they, the lessons that they have to learn, the things they need to go through. And as much as you try to sort of contain it all and control it all. So nothing goes wrong and no one gets hurt. It's, it's impossible um, and I found the more I tried to contain it and control it, the more out of control it got. You know, it's the irony of like the more security you seek in life, the less you're going to have. And I, oh, for sure. I was forced into that sort of breaking point of like, okay, well, you know what? A bunch of things dropped, a bunch of things got messed up and everybody's still alive. What can we learn and how can we move forward? Right. The and, sun and, will come up tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You know, I, I was, it just. It, it was an inevitable path that I, I just could not avoid. Kind of like a car careening off of a cliff and the brakes are out. It was inevitable, unfortunately, or fortunately. 
So you giving people permission who are working out to be able to say, you know what, if you don't want to do that 45 minute workout today, that's okay. Not one, two, but you can't. Is that, that's okay. Do a 30 minute, do whatever, do the best you can. Do 20 minutes in your living room. And that's where we get into the concept of good enough. And I think that, you know, sometimes I have to look at things and just be like, okay, it's good enough. I mean, sure. Could it be perfect? Could it be better? I mean, I don't know if it could be perfect, but it could be better. It could be more ideal, but that's not feasible. So it's good enough. You know, would it be better to do a 45 minute spin class than, you know, a 10 minute workout in my living room on a certain day? Sure. Yes. But it's not feasible that day. And that's life. And so I kind of say like, Hey, every step you're making in the right direction is a win that has to be celebrated. Even though, you know, you might run the ball like three yards down the field instead of a hail Mary into the end zone. That's a win. The ball didn't fumble. It moved in the right direction. And when it does fumble, you know, you get back on the field, you buckle down and you move forward. And I think that's really hard though, right? To be able to get to that point. And the other day I was doing one of these purifications, a 10 day purification for hormones. And basically you're eating really healthy and I eat pretty healthy to begin with, but this is, it's, you're eating twice as many vegetables as fruits. You're eating protein. You're even a lot of glass of wine a day if you want, if you, you know, can't live without it. Um, mm. but I know it's good. It's, it's really kind I, of, it's like me too. <laughs> so, yeah, right? It's okay. really healthy right there. There's no gluten, there's no carbs, there's no processed food. So, you know, the worst thing that can happen from the cleanse is you're eating health, really healthy, but we were celebrating someone's birthday and someone brought over this really great bottle of wine. And on this, I'm only allowed to drink red wine. And they brought over this like really, really great bottle of like a $200 bottle of white wine. And for a moment I was like, Oh, I, know I was like, I can't even take a sip of it. And I didn't. And afterwards I thought, how stupid was that? Yeah. That I didn't even enjoy the moment. What was a sip going to do? All the other things I'm doing, would a sip really, just so I could taste it, so you could say, oh, the flavors in that were so different than that $10 bottle of wine I normally Right, buy. right, of course. I and totally so That was like get one it. of those moments to say, do your best. Quit being the perfectionist that because the sheet said, do this, 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 and this. Right. Yeah. Just, I mean, add some common sense to it sometimes about you're human and, and you want to enjoy life as well. People have a hard time living in the gray zone, you know, and, and that gray zone is like, we, we get into the all or the nothing. And it, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that same concept. If something is like all bad, then, you know, we don't have to be upset if it falls apart or we lose it or it, you know, it leaves our life. If it's all good, then there's nothing to be disappointed with. And on these kind of, we also have a hard time finding what that middle ground is. So it's like, well, if I have one sip, will I feel like I totally blew it and then have 10 sips or will I have to start totally over? Or, you know, we have a real hard time finding that balance in life. And, and people, you know, what's the secret of life? It, it, there is an answer to it. It's, it's called balance. And it, it goes back to every, every ancient religion or life philosophy. It's, it's the yin and the yang. It's, it's finding that balance, which is the hardest thing to do. And if you could give advice to people and saying how you're know, finding that balance and giving yourself saying it's okay with all the people you've worked with over the years, yeah. how does that play in? Like, what is that? What are those pieces of advice that you give people in addition to what you just said? Of course. Well, there's two components. One is having all the information, right? So you understand how the choices you make are going to affect the outcome. So it's like, all right, I mean, we'll take, we'll take diet, for example, you understand 
you know, what's a good food, what's a bad food. And in truth, most of that is common sense, right? We all know, you know, foods that are going to make us unhealthy, foods that are going to help us maintain our health. Um, and then understanding the concept of calories in, calories out, having the knowledge of what's eating too much, you know, how many, how many calories our body burns in a day, because fat's just stored energy. So the calories in your food, if they don't get burned over the course of your day, get stored as fat. So you have all the information. Now that you have all the information, you really have to look at who you are as a person, um, what's going to be manageable, what's in line with your ethics, what's accessible to you, what's affordable to you, and put together a game plan or a strategy, you know, a course of action that's going to get you closer to your goals that, okay, sorry, that's based in science. So it's like, okay, the choices I make will yield results. Science has proven that, right? The information has shown these choices will yield these results, but also that is in line with your personality, your psychology, you know, your environment. Um, and, and that's really where, to me, where the balance is because they're, for lack of a less disgusting term, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So understanding, like, if you have the sip of wine, oh, no, 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 I'll freak out and I'll have 20. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not there yet. Or it's like, I can have a sip of wine and still stay within, you know, what the science says will get me this result. And it's, it's about knowledge and understanding to, to make a very long-winded explanation short. That's how we find balance. Knowledge and understanding of who you are and where you're at. So we've been talking with Jillian about so many ways to improve our lives. Now, here's a way to keep secure all the important things you have. You've probably heard about the Equifax breach and how it may have impacted roughly 143 million people. They've now added 2.5 million people to that list. And if that's not bad enough, Yahoo announced that their 2013 breach impacted all 3 billion user accounts. That's triple the original estimate. It's scarier than it even sounds because once your personal information has been exposed, it doesn't go away. Identity thieves can buy your info on the dark web for months, even years after a breach. They can use it to commit crimes in your name, even steal from your 401k account. So now is the time to really get protection. And here's why you should sign up for LifeLock today. They use proprietary technology to detect a wide range of identity threats, and they'll alert you if your information is being used. You know, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock can help you see more than if you're just monitoring your credit. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK, use promo code Forbes, that's Forbes, for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Visit lifelock.com and save 10% now. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there were over 1 million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! 
Hey everyone, it's Caitlin Bristow, host of Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. I wanted to tell you guys about my upcoming live AMA. This always makes me nervous when things are live and people can ask me anything, but let's see how it goes. You can check out my exclusive AMA, Ask Me Anything, on the Podcast One app. Just download the Podcast One app in the App Store or Google Play Now. And then on October 29th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, grab a glass of wine and ask me anything. What are you waiting for? This is Mentoring Moments with Denise Rostari. And do you ever have problems or issues that come up where you kind of want to go off the rails? Oh, God, rarely. I, I have learned how to control the go off the rails um, because I have balance in my everyday life. So for me, you know, when people talk about cheat days, to me, that's, that's not balance, right? I'm only using food as an analogy, but I, you know, I incorporate treat foods every day into my lifestyle. Um, and that to me, I say, okay, 80% of my calories are going to be the healthier stuff and 20% are going to be the treat foods. And that allows me to have balance every single day instead of like, I'm on, I'm off, I'm on, I'm off, I'm binging, I'm having air souffle for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know? Right. Um, <laughs> I love so, that air souffle. <laughs> yeah. Air souffle and you know, a bit of dust. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, Sprinkled with something magical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not so magical. A stem of broccoli, a, a bite of chicken, <laughs> some air souffle, and uh, a little a little fleck of dust. Um, so I, I've learned how to incorporate these things in, in a way that it doesn't trigger me um, to feel deprived or to feel like I've overdone it, but it's taken time and it's taken trial and error. So, you know, that's something that I work really hard at. Now, when it comes to, you know, my physicality, I can manage that fairly well. Work, um, is a little harder, right? And then, you know, emotional issues, issues of the heart are a little bit harder than that. So it's all a process. What do you eat for your treats? I have junk food, but it's organic junk food. So like, for example, I, as a kid, I was an overweight kid and I used to eat a bunch of crap. So like the new thing I'm into, there's a a company called Luke's Organics, um, and they make organic versions of all your favorite things, right? So, like, they have this kale corn chip, and it's it's got kale in it. It's a corn chip with some kale. It tastes like a Frito, and it's totally organic. And so, like, that I'll have with a sandwich. Or they make something called Luke's Lightning Bolts, and they're, like, organic Cheetos. So, look, I mean, for me, when you look at food, I look at it as 1 to 10, Foods that are ones are help are helping to fight off disease, right? Foods that are tens are causing disease in the body. I eat one to five. And a five food for me is a food like those organic Cheetos. Like they're not carrying disease. They're not causing disease. And if I don't overeat them, there's room for them in a healthy lifestyle. And that to me is like how I find balance. Cause I just, I, there is no room for trans fats, artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, that's like saying there's room for heroin in your life. There's not, it's, it's pure poison. So, you know, that I try to avoid at all costs, but food that isn't loaded with micronutrients and fiber and all that stuff, like that to me, 20% of every day I get to have foods like that. What about dark chocolate? Absolutely. Yeah. The key with dark chocolate, go organic and just make sure then eat the whole bar. <laughs> yeah, you got it, but that's exactly right. Working into your calorie allowance. That's exactly right. Right. I, I know a fair amount about nutrition. I'm not nearly as much as you do, but my dad was diabetic. 
So I grew up in a household of counting carbohydrates and balancing and understanding it all. And you don't realize how many people don't, you know, because I grew up around it. Um, But when you like some people, I I tease about some people would say, you know, is that a protein or is that a carbohydrate? And for me, it's so simple because I grew up with a lot of people haven't. Yeah. And some of them cross the line, right? Like beans, you know, it's like, well, it's has carbs, it has protein or, you know, and and it can be confusing for sure. But that's why you take a little time to educate yourself. And that knowledge goes a long way. Of all the things you've done and you, you are doing right now, because you've been on TV, you have your podcast, you have your app. What are the things that you enjoy the most? I really love the app. Um, I have found that while social media can be challenging for me as a Gen Xer, um, you know, it's just such a dude, just taking pictures of yourself, you know, in my generation, like you take pictures of yourself that made you an asshole. <laughs> I'm 63. So, right. So if you think uh, your generation, you gotta be mine. Yeah, I mean, we had to like carry big cameras around I and we mean, were really excited with the Polaroid. Yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. It just, it's just, so social media has been challenging, but I do love how technology has given me the tools to personalize, customize, um, and quite literally, you know, touch people, um, all around the world. So what's great about the app is that I can do exactly that. Like I can take my fitness philosophies and I can create algorithms. So somebody can show up and say, okay, Jillian, I have 20 minutes. I'm a beginner level athlete, or it could be intermediate. It could be advanced. Um, today I want a total body workout and I have no equipment or I have bands or I have a medicine ball. And based on that, I can literally put together a workout. Like I'm in the living room with them. And then they can say, they can look at it and go, Oh, you know what? But I have a bad knee. So I'm going to swap this move. And I built in basically defaults for every exercise so it can modify or progress. You can swap that move out and make it easy. You can say this workout was too hard. This workout's too easy. And it will adapt it and go default to the modifications that I created within the program. And like that to me, that's incredible. It's just incredible. I agree. That is great. And you can add whatever you want to it at any point. So it's like, ironically, tomorrow we're shooting yoga, kickboxing, and prenatal to add to the app. So it's like this living, breathing thing that I can tweak and manipulate and create like a My Journey page and sync with Apple's health app. So I can say, oh, I see you didn't sleep last night. You know what? I suggest we do an easier workout today. Like it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating because it's like it literally allows you to be someone's personal trainer. You you can see like, oh, I see you didn't have all your water today. Okay, you You can do what you do best, right? I see you didn't have all your water. (laughs) Yeah, you can you can literally like give them you know craft this whole program around what's going on for them, what they've been doing. And you can see it all because if they allow you to see it through Apple's health app, then I, cause we sync up with that and I can track their calories, their steps. Cause if certain apps like my fitness pal sync through Apple health, like it's, it's just wild. You can talk with other apps and give people this 100% personalized, customized program. Like that is, I mean, for me loving what I do, like, you can't do that with a DVD. It's got to be one size fits all. You know, this is totally different. So I'm, I'm really loving the way I can use technology 
to to personalize wellness. And it, it makes it accessible to everyone. So it has so many wins in it. Yeah. And, it, it's, and it's a great app and it's great fun. And I think that being able to switch things out and I can't wait to see the yoga. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm dreading shooting that. So I, How come? We have like 300 exercises to grab in a day. Oh, my God. And they're a bit intense to capture. Like we have 550 exercises on there now. Today, I'm like, oh, God. I, yeah, I do Pilates and I'm the person at Pilates who is, she's like, okay, just two more. And I'm like looking up at her and then I go into child's pose. Right, good <laughs> like, for you. Attagirl. How about one more? How about one more? Yeah. One more sounds good. Right. <laughs> or how about no more? I'm in child's pose now. <laughs> so I can't imagine 300 because we're going to go into the things we're done with. So my mentoring moment was kind of an I'm done with that, but I'll kick off with another I'm done with and give you time to think of one. Sure. So, I'm done with filling the empty space in my life. And what I mean by that is as I'm simplifying my life and I'm saying no to more things that I really don't want to spend time doing. So now I have more free time, but now what I'm doing is I'm filling it up with other things I don't want to be doing. Right. So it's, you know, it's a kind of like, Oh, I have this empty space and someone will say, well, you sit on my advisory board. And it's, I think to myself, Oh, well, I have time now. Cause I got, I'm not doing this anymore. So sure. And I love the cause. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying the cause of the organization isn't great, but it's not what I really want to be doing with what I freed myself up to do, right? To be creative and do more things. So what I've done is I'm, I'm a visual person. So here's my little trick that I'm doing. I picture like my body, for lack of a better term, like there are little columns in my body and one is for this, you know, one is for my family, one is for taking care of myself. And then this column that I'm emptying, like this, this reservoir column over here that I've emptied everything out and I've made this new column and I'm filling it with silver light. And I'm not allowed to put anything in that column that doesn't deserve to be in a spot that's filled with silver light. Okay. Because it's a beam of light. It's not a dumping ground for the things that I don't want to do. Right. Of course. So I'm hoping that works. I just started to do it a couple of days ago, but it really has been, I mean, it has been working because when, you know, when someone says, can you do this or can you do that? And I really do want to do these things. I want to help people and I want to do those things. And, and, and I get helped along the way as well. But instead of just saying, oh, sure, I have the time. Now I look at it and say, I might have the time, but does it belong? But I only have time now in that silver light space. And does it belong there? Smart. I like that. That's very cool. Well, thank you. I'll keep you posted on how it really works, but so far it's really worked because it's just a visual to go back to. Right. I like that a lot. I think that's, I think that that's, you know, we all develop these kind of coping mechanisms, um, for these things in life. And, and I think that that really helps you determine like what belongs where, you know, and what's about your joy and what's about, you know, your, your need to please, Oh, for sure. And the need to please. Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole podcast. I know. All by <laughs> so what about you? What are you done with? Oh God. Um, let's see so many things. Um, this is going to sound kind of ironic. Uh, I am done fighting with men who are, you know, intrinsically sexist. I just, Unfortunately, and, and this is something I had this conversation with, um, 
a, a young kid the other day. She's 31 years old and she's a brilliantly talented um, fitness expert. You know, she has her degree in exercise science. I mean, she's just an incredibly impressive young girl. And, you know, she reminds me a lot of myself with regard to her kind of passion and her intensity and her idealism when I was that age. And she was talking about, you know, other peers of hers in the health and wellness space that have men running their company. And she's like, I'm a feminist and I'm this and I'm that, and I don't need a man running my company. And, you know, my business partner, who I happen to love like a brother, um, you know, he runs the business side of our company. Doesn't mean he makes all the decisions, but, you know, my big joke with him is I call him my man piece because I am <laughs> so sick and tired of getting into these fights based on principle, trying to get men to hear me, trying to get men to change their mind, trying to get men, even men who work for me, to do the things I ask. And I just, it's like, should it be that way? No. Should they be listening to me like an equal? Yes. But you know what? At some point I was like, this is ridiculous. The amount of time that I waste sending email after email, phrasing it this way, phrasing it that way, getting in this fight, getting in that fight, being called a bitch. It's not worth it. I just literally am like, Giancarlo, can you call him up and ask him to do X, Y, and Z? And my business partner does it and it gets done. And I'm like, life is too short for this shit. Like, is it wrong? Sure it is. But this is the reality of life. I'm not going to be able to change these men. And when I need certain things from them, I need certain things from them. And that's where, you know, my thing would be to change my son, you know, to work with a younger generation of men that are coming and have them be, you know, more sensitive and more open-minded, but I'm not going to change people that aren't going to change. So I think I'm done trying to make people better than they are. You know, that's on them, not on me. And I'll learn how to cope with them in, in, you know, other ways, like having my business partner deal with them. Jillian, I think this is so interesting because you are such a powerful woman. And I think a lot of women don't have the powerful presence even that you have, right? I mean, you, you, you are, and people remember you from the biggest loser and you have a lot of power and always physically and mentally. And, and I hear this from women saying that when they're going for investors, a lot of times they will take a guy with them. Oh yeah. You have right? to, you must. Because, because you get out of the conversation then of, oh, you're the female found because, and at first they, people would say to them, well, is there a man on your team? And it was like, well, no, you know, why does there need to be a man on my team? And finally they would give in and put a man on their team because they just couldn't, it was like, it's not worth fighting the battle. It's not. Because I'm not going to win the battle and my goal is to win. Yes. And if I have to do this to win, but then on the flip side, so I hear you, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong, no, but on the flip just, side of it, yeah, it's me. like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to be doing that. So why are we doing it? And I understand the, I mean, I, I totally get it. It's because the, the men that we're dealing with, we can't change, you can't them. change them. That's exactly what I'm saying. And what you can do is get in a position where as you become more successful, you can start to get to the top and you can hire different kinds of men in your company. You can raise your son differently. You can interact with members of your family differently. But the reality is like, I'm not asking you to go to work and be, you know, sexualized or harassed. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, I'm not telling you to allow someone to abuse you, but you're not going to change these people. You know, we, we can't change somebody. People change you know, rarely and only when they hit rock bottom, 
you know, whatever it is about that man or that individual that makes him, you know, intimidated by women, uncomfortable around women, you're not going to solve that problem. So what's the bigger goal to fix that guy or to get the $10 million investment in your company? Make a decision. This is called living in the real world. That's reality. So, and you know, that's, that's the world that I live in now. Zelda LaGrange, who was Nelson Mandela's private assistant for like 19 years, was on the show. And she had a really great point when I asked her what she would tell her 20-something self or her 30-something self now. And she said that, that she learned from Mandela. And she said that it would be to put her emotions and her sensitivities aside. She's a white woman and she was pro-apartheid. And she ended up being Nelson Mandela's presidential aide. And he called her his honorary granddaughter. But she would spend t- so much time defending herself about how she got that job. And one of his points was, the, mat- the fact is, I wanted you to have the job. It's really that simple. Wow. Yeah. And I think so much, you know, when we're younger, we spend so much time because defending ourselves and defending our positions and thinking that if we talk louder, if we scream stronger, you know, every, everything yeah. will make more sense. And so that's where it's like, we're not telling, so I want to make sure everyone understands this. We're not telling you to be quiet. We're right. not saying not to speak your voice. It, all, definitely. You know, but think about it before. Less impulsive. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Don't just, respond just emotionally or impulsively. Right. Stop and think like, what is the goal? Is right. this reaction getting me closer to the goal? You know, how can I quietly like think through what needs to be done and then take a measured course of action where I'm not allowing myself to be abused? So I, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? God, I mean, we, you... You're very thorough. Um, uh, you know, I mean, what's for in me, your closet? I don't know. Right? I know. Uh, I, I would simply say, like, but it's again, it's a subject. You know, it's uh, it's a topic for probably a, a, a completely separate show unto itself. But um, it, that it's never too late. You know, I I can I can only speak to my generation in particular on this one. But like, there are so many Xers that are feeling trapped in jobs they hate. Um, and feeling like, ugh, you know, the boomers didn't retire and the millennials are leapfrocking past me now. And, you know, and, and then there are millenn- even boomers who are like, well, I'm retired, but I always wanted to do this. And I, I would just say it's never too late, you know, to do what you love. And we've shied away from it for so many years because it wasn't the, quote, responsible thing to do. But again, I go back to, you know, the more security you seek in life, the less you'll have. And the more you're willing to pursue your passion um, and, and take those calculated, educated risks, the more affluence and abundance you'll reap. And so that's what I would say is it's just it's never too late. Yeah. I, you know, you're singing to me. That's like a song for me because I really believe that that life is an adventure. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot. It really is an adventure. And you just have to keep following the the pieces that are put in front of you or the pieces that you put in front of yourself, however they come to you and just go on it. You know, I've told this story before, but my uncle used to always say when I was younger and I wanted to live in Atlanta and I was living in DC and I had never been to Atlanta and I was thinking about moving there. And my uncle said, well, first I would go visit it, but if you don't want to do that, go <laughs> and move. And what, yeah, Washington DC, as far as I know, you haven't been evicted. You can come back. Oh. And I, 
right? And we get so stuck in our, but I have my apartment. And he's like, well, you know, get another apartment. It's like, he was looking at me like I, like I, you know, I was making no sense to him. And yeah. he was such an adventurer. And he was like, so you come back and you get a different apartment. And yeah. maybe after you travel, you won't want this apartment anymore. And that has always stuck with me. And just go on your journey, whatever. And your adventure, Jillian, your adventure is so much different than mine. And hopefully I'll respect your adventure and you'll respect my adventure. But we don't have to agree right. on each other's adventures, right? Yeah. I'll respect yours and hopefully you'll respect mine. But I don't have to sit there and, and make judgment on yours. It's your, it's your adventure. Yep, I totally agree with you. And I think when we stop thinking about what people will think and the judgments they'll have, we'll set ourselves free. You're absolutely right. You're right, because that's what we do. We, we get caught up in doing the things we think we should instead of the things that we really want. Right. And, and I, yeah, and I have one rule, you know, don't be a dick. Don't hurt people. Other than that, right. <laughs> pursue your passion That's with a zeal. Yeah. And it's an easy one to remember. Yeah, so where can rule. everybody find you? You're in so many places. Give us some places where we can find you. Um, of course, on all social media platforms. But, you know, most importantly, you know, JillianMichaels.com is really the hub for everything we do. You know, whether it's the app or my weekly obsessions or my blogs or my podcast, it's all kind of lives on there and drives you to various things, whether it's, you know, a live workout or what have you. JillianMichaels.com is the place to kind of know all things me, so to speak. Jillian, thank you so, so much. Thank you. I've had a great time. I, really I, I, I was just going to say, I've had a wonderful time. Thank you. And I think I want to be in your kitchen, though. I mean, I love my kitchen, but I don't ah. know. Your kitchen is like it's on the beach. Year. I think I want to be there. So thank you with all my heart. Have a wonderful day. You too. So I want to make a really big point here. That is, we recorded this podcast episode before Harvey Weinstein, before all the brave women showed their courage and strength. And I bring this up because I don't want anyone to think, why didn't they bring up Weinstein or Bill O'Reilly's $32 million insane settlement when Jillian was talking about how she is now dealing with sexist men regarding business deals. The reason was we recorded this before that. And so we didn't know it hadn't happened yet. But I do want to also then continue with that and how Jillian is dealing with sexist men regarding business deals. What I hope is that you pause and you ask yourself, do you agree or do you disagree? Do you play the game to get what you want or do you walk away? And that goes beyond the VC trying to get the investment world. What if you have a boss who is just like a real jerk? He's disrespectful. We're not talking about sexual harassment or abuse, but just a real jerk or a woman boss, right? Do you leave or do you figure out how you play the game? And I think as we talked about, these are the conversations we need to be having, those really deep where you do that soul searching, not that emotional reaction, but really thinking what makes sense. And you may say, I would never in a million years want to deal with somebody who didn't respect women. And that is your right. And that's your opinion. And that should be respected. But I think about a story that someone told me they knew mother Teresa, and this is a secondhand story. So I can't tell you if it's hundred percent true, but it's a story that does make you think. And it's that she said that she would take money from baby doc. So money from God knows where it came from to be able to make the world a better place. The fact that he was giving it away, why not give it to her 
and she could do something good with it. I hope that this starts, ignites a conversation with everybody about how much, how willing, how far can you go? So I want to thank everyone for joining us today. And to get Mentoring Moments the moment it's live every Wednesday, remember to download new episodes on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. And make sure to rate, review, and share. And talk to me. You can check out my show notes on Forbes. And you can always find me at Twitter, at Denise Ristari. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, Forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And we're the hosts of The Limit Does Not Exist, a podcast for human Venn diagrams. That's right. We talk to people with intersecting interests in the arts, STEM, entrepreneurship, and so much more. The easiest way to explain science to non-scientists is to use art. I worry that we lose a lot of creative engineers because our engineering curriculum is not creative. Education should be about empowering people to become better thinkers, good problem solvers, creative inventors, and ethical caring citizens. Download new episodes of The Limit Does Not Exist every Monday on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there were over 1 million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Did someone say brunch? Leave the egg hunting to the kids. We'll have even more fun hunting for your brilliant brunch, Riesling. Ham's sweet and salty richness pairs perfectly with sweeter wines with bold fruit. How about a juicy Pinot Noir? Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower... It does not appear to be following, following the rule of law. It is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.